It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Pushing the Limits. Appreciate all of you joining us today. And uh, jam-packed show today, as we always do, on Pushing the Limits. A lot to get to. Melania Trump trending on social media. Why is she calling herself the victim again? Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of conservative Republicans out there that are very angry at Joe Scarborough. Why? Well, I'll tell you what he had to say on his show this morning. And uh, we have a uh, women's college basketball coach who won the national championship last year, and she's embarrassing herself in press conferences this year, particularly for making jokes about COVID. I'll play that audio for you. It's absolutely despicable. And then in hour number two, as you know, the Oakland A's are soon to be the Las Vegas A's, and we have the president of the A's that's going to be joining us, Dave Cavill. I got plenty of questions to get to with him. Uh, in regards to where the stadium is going to be built, where are they going to be playing in the next couple of years? A lot to get to with the president of the Elkanese, who's going to be joining us in hour number two. And we're working on getting uh, Jacob DeJesus joining us, great receiver for the UNLV football program. A chance to win 10 games for the first time in program history as they play San Jose State at home this weekend. So, boy, as I mentioned earlier, we have a jam-packed show lined up for you today. And, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get right into it, as I always do. So I went on X yesterday and I noticed for pretty much the entire day and even most of today, Melania Trump is trending. So why is Melania Trump trending? Well, there's new revelations about how she treated her staff, new revelations about certain adjectives that you couldn't use or or would use to describe her. And I got to tell you, folks, I've had it. And I've been saying to myself, what is it about Melania Trump that people like, some people in this country like? Because I got to be completely honest with you. I don't have a lot of respect for her, and I will explain to you why. Now, let me play this clip for you. This is Melania Trump. When asked about not being on the front of Vogue magazine playing the victim. With your business background and your fashion background and your beauty, never on the cover of Vogue. Why the double standard? They're biased and um, they have likes and dislikes and it's so obvious and I think American people and uh, everyone see it. It was their decision and I have much more important things to do and I did in the White House than being on the cover of Vogue. Melania, I'm wondering what are those really important things that you have to do? Changing rugs in the White House or chairs, refurbishing chairs, um, different chandeliers replacements, toilet replacements. What were those important things you were doing? Building tennis courts? I'm just wondering what she characterized as important. A campaign to stop online bullying when your husband was the bullier in chief? I'm wondering, what did you actually do in the White House? Well, we do have a good understanding of what you did on January 6th because... Melania claims that she was unaware of what was taking place during the January 6th insurrection, which, by the way, is a lie. Of course, she knew what was going on for the hours and hours that it went on. 
Uh, she said in an interview on Fox that she was unaware of the ongoing riot because she was too busy, I'm quoting now, photographing a rug in the White House. Folks, these are not my words, okay? For five or six hours, the insurrection took place, and Melania Trump is telling the American people in an interview she didn't know what was going on, and during that time, the reason why she didn't know what was going on is because she was taking photographs of rugs. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. Stephanie Grisham, on January 6th, has already said that she asked Melania Trump to call out the violence on social media. Melania Trump refused to do so. The fact that she didn't say, like, what is going on? Why would we even put that out? Told me she knew what was going on. And the fact that she knew what was going on and just wrote back no was something I, I couldn't stand for. Uh, I had tried to resign a few times between November and January, and she'd always talk me out of it. But that day was just the last straw for me and, you know, several others. Yeah. And I, I, I believe every word she just said. Uh, picture this for a moment. I know it might be hard for you to picture, but let's try to do this anyway. Your husband is the orange turd, Donald Trump. Just picture that for a moment. For hours, just a few hundred yards away, in the House chambers, we have an insurrection. Officers are being beaten. There are images and video of people being taken out on stretchers. A very serious and volatile situation with many of the people that support you and your husband. And maybe she was interrupted while she was taking pictures of rugs in the White House, because that really helps the American people. And she's asked by Grisham, will you please go on social media and denounce what is taking place, the violence particularly? What do you do if you're a decent human being with any moral compass inside of you? You immediately take to Twitter and you do so. And by the way, you should do that without being asked to do it if you're a decent human being. Not only did she not do it and then she was asked to do it, she said no. That is Melania Trump's legacy, ladies and gentlemen. Melania Trump will always be known as caring more about the rugs in the White House than the American people. Melania Trump will always be known for the tennis courts that she built because that really helps the American people, right? What an elitist. And what a nothing. She did nothing in the White House. Now, Republican or Democrat, if you want to actually talk about the people that were first ladies that actually did some things to help the American people, I'll be glad to do that with you. It wasn't Melania Trump. She did nothing. Barbara Bush included volunteerism and homelessness for many of the issues that she talked about. She promoted literacy as her signature cause, which probably wouldn't work with a lot of the MAGA supporters out there. But Barbara Bush was a woman of class and dignity. She didn't care about building tennis courts in the White House. And I could also guarantee you, if there was an insurrectionist insurrection going on, Barbara Bush would have been the first one to take to social media if they had it back then and denounce it. Melania Trump didn't do any of those things. Barbara Bush was a good woman. Rest her soul. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Now, you could say whatever you want about Hillary if you don't like her policies or you don't like the Clintons. But the bottom line is she did a lot of good work in the White House on behalf of women, on behalf of families and behalf of the health care reform that she helped push. 
She became the first president's wife elected to the U.S. Senate and served as a secretary of state for President Barack Obama. A milestone. What has Melania Trump done as a milestone since she's been in this country, let alone the first lady? And then there's Laura Bush. Again, I didn't always agree with her politics, didn't always agree with her husband's politics, but I could say Laura Bush is a woman of dignity and class. She's a former teacher and librarian, a historian. She worked on education reform and literacy at the top of the ambitious agenda that included the Reading First program of the No Child Left Behind, one of her husband's initiatives, which I agreed with. She visited more than 75 countries and supported other causes, including AIDS relief and breast cancer awareness. How many countries did Melania Trump visit? Not on vacation. How many countries did she go to to help people? Not many, ladies and gentlemen. Laura Bush went to 45. And then there's Michelle Obama. Again, whether you agree or disagree with her politics or what her husband did or didn't do. She is a Harvard-educated lawyer, and she helped launch the Let's Move campaign to address childhood obesity. She joined force forces for service members and the Reach Higher Initiative for Education, volunteered at soup kitchens and homeless shelters. Do we remember when Melania took that day with that stupid jacket that she was wearing? I don't care, do you? And it made it all about her and had the media scrambling to try to figure out what that... She did that on purpose. Those are a list of first ladies and some first ladies that I don't even agree with politically that are classy people, including Jimmy Carter's now wife who sadly lost her life a few days ago, another woman of class. These are classy people that put up with these initiatives to help people, to help children, to help the American people. While we had a January 6th insurrection and Melania Trump was more concerned about taking pictures of rugs. Does anybody believe that lie that she was taking pictures of rugs for five hours and that's why she didn't know that January 6th was happening? You want to talk about a liar. It's despicable, ladies and gentlemen. It is despicable. And there is not one first lady in my lifetime that would have handled that situation the same way, that would have cared more about rugs, right, than helping the American people. It's a joke. Now, if you want a list of the things that Melania Trump did do, how she spent your taxpayer money, I'm so glad you asked because I have a list of some of the things that Melania Trump did accomplish and she's very good at spending money, ladies and gentlemen, things that do not help the American people that help herself. Kate Anderson uh, Brower, by the way, is a presidential historian. I think she said it best when she said about Melania Trump. I think her own background as a model and in the fashion industry, she was more concerned with her appearance than with opening up the house. Couldn't agree with that statement more. So what did Melania Trump actually do? Well, she redid redid the iconic Rose Garden. You want to talk about history? She just decided to redo the whole thing and wipe out history. She revamped bowling alleys with flashy new bowling balls. I can make a joke there, but I won't do it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Then there were the tapes that revealed her disdain for Christmas. Do you remember that? The stupid Christmas trees comments that she made? Yeah, what a woman of dignity. Oh, she she was a big part of the elevator uh, refurbishment because, you know, when the American people have a long list of things they want the first lady to do, I'm sure the first thing on their mind is let's refurbish those White House elevators that 99.9% of people in this country will never see. That cost the American taxpayer $100,000, by the way, much more than an average yearly salary of an American. 
Oh, yeah. Antique chairs. Yes, that's right. She bought an antique chair on taxpayer dollar. Cost us $85,000. How about the diplomatic reception room rug? Remember she said she was obsessed with rugs. Uh, Apparently, maybe that's why she's obsessed with her husband's hair. I don't know. But a diplomatic reception room rug she was responsible for, that cost the American taxpayer $200,000. $200,000. About 30 wooden doors were professionally refinished at the hands of Melania Trump. That cost the American taxpayer $90,000. A red room fabric replacement cost an American taxpayer $300,000. You want to talk about really helping the American people, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and it gets worse. How about the upholstery of one of the suites in the White House? That was refurbished. Cost the American taxpayer just under a million dollars. And when we think about things that we want the first lady to do in the White House, let's get a new wall clock. That cost the American taxpayer $10,000 for a clock. Because God knows she couldn't pay for a watch, right? All the money that uh, Melania has, she couldn't pay for a watch. Uh, she got a sculpture. Sculpture cost $200,000. You get the point, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Melania Trump will be known for. During the January 6th insurrection, Melania Trump will always be known for staying silent, staying away, and taking pictures of rugs and using that as an excuse for not putting a video out or doing something, putting out a video on social media, anything. And she was also a part of Donald Trump's lies when it came to the 2020 election. She became a conspiracy theorist herself. So she is damn well partially responsible for what took place during the January 6th insurrection. So it's not a surprise to me that she didn't do anything. She did nothing except take pictures of rugs. By the way, I don't buy the fact that she was taking pictures of rugs for five hours. The same reason why Donald Trump was sitting in the White House for five hours watching television and also refused to put out a video. When he was begged by members of his staff who pleaded with him, Mr. President, please put out a video, denounce the violence. And it took his fat ass five hours to do anything. Melania Trump is not a hero. She did nothing to help the American people. She's only done things to help out herself. I believe that is why she married Donald Trump to begin with. I don't care how many languages she speaks. That doesn't help the American people. I don't care about her fashion sense. That doesn't help the American people. I just gave you a list of all the first ladies out there and the wonderful things that so many of these first ladies did to help children, the initiatives they put together to help the American people. Melania Trump is not on that list. But Brian, wait a second. Remember she took the the, the cyberbullying very seriously and she put forth an initiative? Yeah. Meanwhile, her husband was the bullier in chief on social media. So that means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing. Absolutely zero. Did she ever hold a press cover and say, yeah, I don't support what my husband does on social media. Okay, if she did that, then I would have some respect for her. Don't put out this initiative about social media bullying when your husband, and still does it to this day, more than anybody else I could even name. He's, he was the bullier in chief. It's comical, ladies and gentlemen. You know what that's like? It'd be like if somebody was on the front of Fitness Magazine and they put together this initiative, uh, get in great shape, take care of your body, and you were the forefront of it and you weighed 800 pounds. Would that make any sense? Of course not. 
Of course not. You got to walk the walk and talk the talk. If you really care about this initiative, which I don't believe she did, if you did, then you would stop your husband or at least put out some statements denouncing what your husband was doing on social media and still does to this very day. Melania is a nothing. She did nothing in the White House. I don't have any respect for her. And we all know why Melania Trump is still married to Donald Trump. And it's not because they're in love and it's not because of some amazing attraction they have. And it's not because Donald Trump is some amazing father. Melania Trump is waiting for her time. It is a financial agreement. And eventually, yes, eventually there will be a divorce. They have some sort of mutual financial agreement. She just uh, from what I heard in reports, uh, just did the prenup and, and readjusted some things there. Do, do I believe she's a good mom and she takes care of her son? Sure, I'd, I'd like to believe that. I have no reason to believe she's not a good mom. But with that being said, the front of Vogue, for what? The hell have you done? What the hell did you do in the White House besides spend taxpayer dollars and be known for building tennis courts in the White House? I know you're very proud of that. That really helps the American people. All the tennis courts out there that you built at the White House and refurbishing the Rose Garden and the rugs and refurbishing the chairs and the doors and then refusing to go into the White House until they replaced the toilet because you couldn't sit on the same toilet that Michelle Obama sat on. What a joke. What a joke. That's who Melania Trump is. If that toilet isn't good enough for me to sit on, I want my own toilet. That's the real Melania Trump. That's who she is. So no, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to defend Melania Trump for not being on the front of Vogue magazine. Who cares? If she wants to be on the front of Playboy magazine, go for it. Go for it. What the hell has she accomplished as a human being? What has she done? What did she do in the White House? I'm waiting to hear. I'm waiting to hear, what did she do to help the American people? But yet, there, there are people, oh, what a classy first lady. Why? What did she do that was classy? Why? Slapping her husband's hand away when he tried to hold her hand? What did she do that was classy? That was funny. But but what, did she, what has she done classy? Is that classy? I don't care what somebody wears. I care what they do. And I know on January 6th, she did nothing. Melania Trump did nothing. And there, there's no there's no debate there. There's absolutely no debate. None. Zero. The proof is in the pudding, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I do want to take some phone calls on this. Maybe you disagree with me and you think Melania Trump is a very classy lady. Maybe you agree with me. Number to call 702-221-7283. Uh, I can't uh, take guests on social media. You have to call into the show because it's a live radio show. That number 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three, and again that number seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three seven zero two 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 one. Save if you'd like to be a part of the program. You're welcome to call in. As you can see, I'm not much of a Melania Trump fan any more than I am a Donald Trump fan. So we'll, we will take calls right now if you want to call in. I also want to um, play a little clip in regards to Melania Trump now, if if I may. Um, it's a funny clip. But if you recall back in the day, Donald Trump was being accused of of, of, of doing golden showers, if you recall. Uh, I have no idea whether that's true or not. But it's a very funny clip because Donald Trump uh, over the weekend in Iowa was making a speech. During that speech, he, he talked a little bit about golden showers. Have a listen to this. Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember that? 
He was with four hookers. You think that was good that night to go up and tell my wife, it's not true, darling. I love you very much. It's not true. Actually, that one she didn't believe because she said he's a germaphobe. He's not into that, you know? He's not into golden showers, as they say they call them. The former president, ladies and gentlemen, talking about golden showers. I think the, 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 the most interesting part of that clip is he made it like, well, Melania Trump definitely agrees with me on this. Like, forget about the cheating and the Stormy Daniels stuff and everything else. But this one, she definitely agrees uh, that I'm not into the golden showers uh, because I'm a germaphobe. I find that to be uh, very, very interesting. Uh, 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Again, that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. 702-221-7283. Let's start off with Paul. Paul, thanks for calling in. What's up? How you doing, man? Doing good. What's on your mind, it, Paul? It's, you know, it's, it's almost to this point where you want to get numb to some of this, like, this stupidity and childish stuff, but it's like you can't because then you're kind of giving into what it is. I'm reading this book called The Conspiracy to End America. Have you read that book? I have not, no. It's written by a Republican. It, he's a reporter. It's an excellent book, and I'm not a big reader, but it, it really dives into the psyche of Trump supporters. It's not about policy or how he makes their lives better. It's about grievance and how they're always the victim of something. And I think that's why they really, really like the guy. They don't care if he makes their lives better, if education's better, or if inflation's down. They just want him to be their venue of, look at my life. And, like, I watched the um, Insurrectionist Next Door on HBO. Have you seen that? Uh, I did. It's very good. Yep. But it was, not all of them, but for some of those guys, they had committed crimes, right? And they had a hard time getting jobs. And they were blaming the Democrats because they had to decide between paying their mortgage and paying his electric bill. But again, they don't want to take responsibility for the fact that he committed a crime, Mm -hmm. that they're a convicted felon, and they can't get a good paying job because of their actions. And I feel like that's what this common theme is between a lot of these people that support him is they want to blame everybody else for everything wrong in their life except for the person that actually does the stuff themselves. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And, you know, just like today, a lot of Republicans want to blame Joe Biden for all of the problems that they have when a lot of the problems that they had are go back to the Donald Trump days, but they don't want to admit that. Um, it's it's daunting. It's upsetting. Uh, and I'm getting more worried by the day, Paul. And the reason why I'm getting more worried by the day is because, you know, Donald Trump is is he's got a lot of supporters out there. Uh, there's a lot of people in this country but, that would vote for Donald Trump over Joe Biden, and that's why I'm getting very concerned. Do you really think that he's going to be, I mean, in your gut, does your gut tell no. you that he'll be elected before he gets convicted? No, and my gut is certainly smaller than Donald Trump's. But no, uh, in my gut is telling me that I, I, I'm with you, that I do believe that even if it is Joe Biden against Trump, I still believe Joe Biden will win. But it doesn't mean I'm not worried. And, 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 and Trump will certainly have a, right. va- a chance to win. So I'm worried. Uh, if, if the election was today, I still think there's enough intelligent people in this country and decent people in this country that'll make the right decision. Yeah. But I'm still worried. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm going to be saying, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have said no chance Donald Trump uh, is going to win real, you know, uh, in 2024. I don't feel that way now, Paul. I- I'm just worried. That's all. What do you think of the narrative, and, and I've been thinking a lot about this, where people blame Trump for everything, and I, I understand why they're saying that, 
But these people didn't become this way overnight. They choose to follow him. They choose to see these things. Good question. Let me answer that. I, I know. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. Good question. Um, I, I believe I know people, Paul, that have been radicalized. They have been radicalized by their Fox News by their Newsmax and other right-wing outlets. And some of the people that I consider somewhat intelligent, they've changed. They've been radicalized. I worked with somebody in radio that was radicalized. Uh, I, I have personal relationships with people that are completely radicalized uh, and, and decent people that I'm friends with. I mean, not all these MAGA Republicans are bad people. Not all of them are dumb people. No. But I, I think the word, the best word that I would use to describe them is they're gullible. They're gullible. When they hear about something on, like, for example, Newsmax, and they start talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and the Biden crime family, they believe it without any evidence. But then when it's Donald Trump and you hear people on the far right that uh, on these uh, publications, I, I hate to use the term news publications, but I, I guess I will hear right. that say that, uh, you know, Trump, this is a, a witch hunt. And, you know, this is a, a liberal judge and, and, and it's George Soros. People believe it. So so what I'm saying right. is not everybody is stupid. Not everybody's bad. But I think there's a lot right. of people out there that are extremely gullible, if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you but how do you balance that misinformation? But and I guess that's that's kind of where they're going with this gag order with Trump. Right. Like, how do you balance free speech, which I think you and I agree is obviously yep. a right in our country sure. versus just making, you know, threats against people that could be a witness or news stations that are just legitimately saying, oh, it's just my opinion when they know that it's factually wrong just because they don't want to lose viewers. How right. do you balance that? I guess so, I, I'm not sure how to do that. Sure. So I think it's a good question. So I think here's the difference, right? I mean, anybody could go on a public sidewalk if you're not Donald Trump, right, and say that this judge is a piece of crap, right? You can go on a public sidewalk and the government can't intervene. However, you can't influence witnesses or try to uh, harass witnesses or intimidate witnesses or people in the courtroom because then you're interfering in the case. And there actually are laws involved where you can't do that. Right. If you're being investigated or indicted in this case by Jack Smith, you can't start going after the DOJ and Jack Smith personally. You can't go after members of his family. And I don't think you should be able to go after clerks and judges that are presiding over your case. Uh, now, you can make some comments saying that. You know, I'm innocent and you could state the case and say, I disagree with the judge, but you can't these personal attacks on judges and clerks. Uh, nobody in America should be allowed to do that, especially somebody with the platform of Donald Trump. That's that, honestly, that's what for me, that's the biggest thing when I just left the Republican Party was I'm a person of faith. and I'm never here to preach to anybody, but it's shocking that the way that he threatens people and he bullies people and he cheats on his wife and he yeah. sexually assaults Jean Carroll and he steals from charities and steals mm -hmm. top secret documents. But a gay flag, but a, a, a gay flag at Target or Bud Light triggers them. And you're, they sit there in church right. and go like, oh, he's such a great man of God. It's like my cat is more of a Christian than him. And yeah. I, I don't know how in the hell they justify that this guy's a Christian. Well, he can't even stay faithful yeah. to his own wife. You are 100% correct, and, and they call it Christian moral values. You hear the GOP speaker talk about his Christian values. Meanwhile, he <laughs> brown noses a guy like Donald Trump. It is laughable. I laugh at it too, Paul. It's sad, and it's laughable. Oh. They're a bunch of clowns. Paul, it's always great to hear from you, my friend, and I do appreciate your call. Okay. Have a great Thanksgiving, okay? You too, man. Later. Take care. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Paul is exactly right. He hit the nail on the head there. A lot of the people on the far right that call themselves 
Christians, right? They call themselves moral Christian faith-based people are the same people that support one of the biggest sinners out there in Donald Trump. It, 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 it's unbelievable, the hypocrisy in this country. These people that call themselves the moral high ground Christians are the same people that judge other people ra- based on race or gender. I mean, it's really uh, daunting to me, and it's pathetic. All right, here's what we're going to do. We've got to take a break. I went a little long there. We're going to take some phone calls on the other side. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, I hear people on social media, and they're saying, why don't? You, why can't you go live on social media and take our comments on social media? Because it's a live radio show. That's why I give out the number. So I'm going to give it out once again. 702-221-7283. And again, the number to call if you want to be a part of the show. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Um, and for the people out there on social media that are calling me a liar, why don't you have the courage to call into a radio show and tell me what you think I'm lying about, and I will take your call. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back in 60 seconds. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. 
Big Dogs Brewing Company, open 24-7, is an award-winning brewery, a full-service catering business, and a fun, smoke-free brew pub restaurant with a full-service bar, including over 35 craft beers on tap, 35 multi-denomination slot machines, the best gaming promotion, and a lively, dog-friendly outdoor patio. Big Dogs Brewing Company, 4543 North Ratchet Gray. Find out more at BigDogsBrews.com. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, I lose track of time. Programming note, we're going to be off the air Thursday, Friday for Thanksgiving and, of course, the day after Thanksgiving. we got some great guests lined up, by the way, for hour number two today. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Dave Cavall is the uh, Oakland A's president. Of course, they're moving to Las Vegas. We're going to be talking to him about that. UNLV football, what an incredible story this is, a program that's been bad for decades. They have a chance for the first time in program history to win their 10th game this year. And uh, one of their star receivers is Jacob DeJesus, great kid. He's going to be joining us coming up in hour number two as well. We're talking about Melania Trump. We're talking about hypocrisy. We're talking about a lot of different things that is Trump and uh, MAGA Republicans. And yeah, I am a little bit worried about 2024. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried that there's a chance that Donald Trump could win. I don't want to see him back in the White House. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Number to call 702-221-7283. I promised everybody I'd be getting back to the phone calls. Let's go to Bob. Hi, Bob. What's going on? Hi, Brian. Uh, been listening to you for a couple of years now. Oh, thank you. I appreciate um, that. All right. I have uh, what people call the best nickname for uh, you know who it's called Chief Sefayubi S E F A H U B E sad excuse for a human being <laughs> I like that that's a good one that's creative I like that one <laughs> right I'm from I'm from New York originally okay that's why and, you, that's um, why you and I get along I get along with people from New York I'm, yeah. I'm from back east myself I'm from Connecticut <laughs> oh okay um Chief Sefiubi owes two people in my development. I live in Summerlin. Okay. Uh, a total of $120,000. How so? Explain. Um, <clears throat> well, one person was uh, a caterer who did a luncheon for him when he had his hotel yep. still standing in Atlantic City. Right. And... Uh, he did a luncheon. It was like forty grand, and the gentleman waited January. He did it in January. He waited January, February, March, April. Finally, he says to his wife, "I'm going to go down and speak to him because this is ridiculous." Mm. So they went down. He went down. Said, "Hello, Mr. Trump." Uh, do you recognize me? He says, no. He says, I did your luncheon in January. Oh, yeah, he says, uh, really good food, really good food. He says, well, I haven't gotten paid. So, well, how much I owe you? He says, 40 grand. So he was behind his big desk in his office, and all of a sudden he's writing something down, and the gentleman thought that um, he was writing out a check. Yeah. He, he says to the gentleman, show this to uh, your next client. 
It's a recommendation, and I'm sure you'll get the business. Oh, my God. That You know, I'm not surprised to hear that story because Donald Trump has been a snake oil salesman his whole life, a liar, yeah, a cheater, exactly. and it's finally catching exactly. up to him. And I and I hope that, quite frankly, I hope that he goes to jail. But we know, I think when it's all said and done in a couple of years, he ain't going to have much money. He's going to end up being like Rudy Giuliani and all these other cronies that, uh, you know, continue to back Donald Trump, the my pillow idiot. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. And I bet you that story, there's thousands of stories like that when it, when it comes to Donald oh, Trump. Oh yeah. I know, oh, yeah. I, I know people that have attempted to do business with him that have very similar stories and he's a snake and he's a liar. And you know, sadly, well, listen, not every billionaire is dishonest. Not every billionaire got there by lying. Uh, but you know, I look at the Vivek Ramaswamy's of the world and the Donald Trump's of the world. A lot of these people with a lot of money, it's not an accident how they got there and they cheated the system and they cheated people. Well, there's one group back east that uh, threatened him that if he didn't pay up, there'd be consequences. Well, my that question... Was the, uh, yeah. The New York Mafia. Yeah, I hear you. But my question is, if that guy's owed $40,000, take him to court. I mean, you know, uh, I think that's the only route. Well, that, yeah, but that that's what he relies on because, you know... They didn't have the money to take them to court. I understand that, but I, I can guarantee you in today's day and age, there's plenty of attorneys right now that would take that case pro bono. I mean, they, they, they would take it because it's against Donald Trump. Maybe I'm wrong, but I would, I, would, uh, I would love to get in contact with that individual. So send that individual my way, and I will glad, gladly put them on this radio show. If you, if you can find me on social media or my email, which is Shapiro at kshp.com, I will happily have that person come on this show and, and share their grievances, okay? Sure, no problem. All right. No problem. Good. Nice speaking to you, Nice Brian. speaking to you, Bob. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you so much. 702-221-7283. Does that surprise anybody, by the way? Does that surprise anybody that Donald Trump had a luncheon here in Las Vegas and the people that put on the luncheon charged Donald Trump 40 grand and, and, and didn't get paid? Really, does that story, does that story, it doesn't surprise me at all. I, 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 there are tons of people probably that have a similar story like that. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Theo. Theo is next on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Theo. Theo, can you speak? Uh, pod this person down because this person is obviously trying to be funny, trying to sound like Darth Vader. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guarantee you that's probably a MAGA supporter that isn't uh, capable of having any type of intellectual conversation at all. Uh, sad, sad, but true, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, number to call um, 702-221-7283. And again, that number is 702-221-7283 if you'd want to be a part of the program. Um, I did want to get to this audio real quick and then we'll get back to our phone calls. Um, so Joe Scarborough is a guy that, you know, he certainly is not an anti, he certainly is not a Trump supporter. That's for sure. But those on the right are losing their, you know what, and they're going crazy because apparently Scarborough went on his show this morning and said some incendiary comments about Donald Trump. So I wanted to play that audio for you. So this is Joe Scarborough in his own words. Uh, talking about what would happen in his eyes if Donald Trump becomes the next president of the United States again in 2024. You're going to look like idiots. 
uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Just look at his past. Okay, so for the most part, I agree with Joe Scarborough, but people on the right are going crazy because Scarborough used the term execute. Now, that might be a little bit extreme, right? I I do believe Donald Trump has and will continue to try to use the justice system to go after his enemies and put them in jail. Do I think that he's going, he wants to execute people? He's going to, I think that might be going a little bit too far. I understand where Joe Scarborough was coming from. I don't think his statements are completely ridiculous. But again, people on the right are, oh, Joe Scarborough, he's inciting violence. No, he's not. No, he's not. Scarborough has grievances and he's worries, just like many people in this country do, if Donald Trump is reelected. And that is, and he said it himself. Donald Trump has said it on the record himself that he wants to go after basically anybody that went after him or disagreed with him or wanted to hold him to account. I mean, for the most part, Donald Trump has said that himself and Joe Scarborough is just sort of reiterating what Donald Trump has already said in his own words. But again, people on the far right are losing their mind and they're going crazy When I actually believe Scarborough has, we have people on social media that are saying Biden is doing the same thing. Okay, so if you believe that, go ahead and call into this show and tell me why you believe that. If you think Biden is going after his political opponents and he's doing exactly what Donald Trump has done and what Donald Trump said that he would do, then I want you to call into the show and I want you to give me an example. Otherwise, your words are completely empty. If you're a MAGA supporter, that's fine, but you have to state the case on this show. You can't just throw things at a wall and hope that it sticks. So I'm going to give out the number. If you're one of those keyboard warriors on social media that wants to make incendiary statements but doesn't have the guts to have a debate, then I don't want to hear you to begin with at all. It's very simple. The number to call 702-221-7283. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you disagree with me, like so many of you are, and calling me a liar and calling me names, then why don't you have the guts to call into the show and tell me why you feel that way? You can, you know, maybe be willing to have an actual debate with somebody that you disagree with. 702 221-7283. That's the number to call. It's funny because I get this stuff every day. Brian, you're a liar. And then my response is, okay, no problem. Tell me what I lied about. Can you give me an example of anything that I've ever said on the radio in the last 20 years that was a blatant lie? Uh, I don't know, but you're a liar. That's what I get from these magas every single day. Now, there is certainly a difference between having an opinion on something and being a liar about something. For example, I'm not lying when I say I believe Donald Trump is a felon. I believe he will be a convicted felon. I don't know how many felonies he will be convicted of, but I believe in a year from now, Donald Trump will forever be a convicted felon. Don't know which charges. When you're facing 91 felony counts, I find it hard to believe that he's going to go out of this thing uh, scot-free and, and he won't be a convicted felon. Doesn't mean I'm a liar. That's an opinion. And when it's all said and done, 
And if he's found not guilty on all charges, then I'll just simply go on the air and I will say that I was wrong. I don't believe I am. I believe Donald Trump, Cheeto Jesus, will eventually be a convicted felon. That's the difference between an opinion and somebody saying, oh, Brian, you're a liar. Now, I would say some of the MAGAs out there are liars when they say that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. You're a liar because there is zero evidence to prove what you are saying. There is zero evidence of widespread voter fraud that could have changed the outcome of the 2020 election. And don't quote me this stupid 2000 mules by the felon himself, Dinesh D'Souza. That didn't prove anything, and it was all debunked. And there was no evidence of any wrongdoing in that entire movie. So don't give me that nonsense either. So again, you think that Brian is a liar, and he goes on the air because you wear the Donald Trump knee pads, and you think that I lie every single time I go on the air. No, it's not that I'm lying. It's that you're not capable of accepting the truth about Cheeto Jesus. That he's just been a bad guy his whole life. He's a snake oil salesman. He's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a terrible father, a terrible husband, and a threat to our democracy. But many of you MAGA supporters out there are not willing to deal with facts and truth. It's why we have the right fringe Republicans on the MAGA right, conspiracy theorists on the far right. It's why Republicans are losing election after election after election. Why do Republicans continue to lose the popular vote? Because people are getting sick and tired of this stuff. They want to see things get done in Washington, D.C. They're getting tired of it. And you know what else I'm tired of, ladies and gentlemen? I am tired of people spreading medical misinformation, and I am tired of people poo-pooing on all those that lost their lives from COVID. And many of those people happen to be MAGA Republicans. And one of those people is LSU's women's basketball coach, Kim Mulkey. She held a press conference recently And she joked about COVID and made a joke about being sick. Have a listen to this. I ain't a sissy. I don't have allergies. I got some kind of cold. It might be COVID, but I ain't testing. (laughs) No, it's sinus. I don't know what you call it. Allergies, flu. I don't know. So if y'all get the flu, blame me during Thanksgiving, right? I might have COVID. I might have it, but I ain't getting tested. (laughs) This is a dope that is actually in charge of young women. This is a dope that actually is supposed to be called a leader. And she's making a joke about getting a COVID test because that would be the responsible thing for a leader to do, right? If you're sick and you're not feeling good, you want to be tested to any decent human being. Why do you want to be tested? Because you don't want to give COVID to other people. But she thinks this is some sort of joke and it's funny. And she even makes a joke there at the end saying that, well, if you guys get the flu, you can blame me. What a dumbbell and what a disgusting. I mean, that's the kind of stuff she says in front of the press at a press conference. Imagine the stuff she says behind closed doors. Going back to the phone line, 702-221-7283. And again, the number 702-221-7283. If you'd like to be a part of the program, next call. Let's go to JD. JD is next. Hello, JD. Hello, Brian. Uh, Are you familiar with the town of Ridgeport, Connecticut? Did you say Ridgeport? Yes. I'm familiar with a town called Bridgeport, Connecticut, not Ridgeport. Yeah, me too. But uh, uh, on November 19th in the Review Journal, there was an article, Ridgeport, a Connecticut judge has set January 23 as the date for the new Democratic primary election. 
in actually it is yep. Bridgeport. Yep. They say they yep. say they say Ridge on the top and then Bridgeport in the article. And, and I, I, the I, I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. And how many people voted the mayor's in that election? Race. How many people voted, JD? The mayor's race you're familiar yes, with? Very familiar. How many people voted, JD? Now I know. I just want to know if you know. It doesn't say in the article. Okay, well, well, uh, the reason why it's important, J.D., and you're unaware of that, because it was around 800 people. And I know what you're going to try to do, but I'll let you explain anyway. But there were about 800 people. Okay, and uh, the judge threw it out because they were stuffing the ballot boxes. The judge threw it out because there were about there there were uh, about 800 people who voted in that election. Not the hundreds of millions of people that voted in the U.S. election. And when you have 800 people that vote. And there's evidence that a few votes might have been uh, might have changed the outcome of an election. You revote, and it has absolutely no analogy or comparison to the 2020 presidential election. I know what you're trying. Well, to I'll, do. I'll, I'll, the only analogy would be as it had had happened in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. It's a primary election between two Democrats, and they're cheating each other. And I will say, if there's any evidence that there's any wrongdoing that could have changed the outcome of an election, I have absolutely. No problem with a do-over, but that did not happen in 2020, and you know that. And there's a no. I'm one. not talking about that, Brian. Okay. Okay. Uh, did I don't you have say, a problem with you, it. Were you talking about Michelle earlier being a uh, Harvard-trained lawyer? Well, she's a Harvard graduate. Yeah, she's a Harvard no, graduate. No, Princeton. Princeton. Uh, she also went to Harvard and got her law degree there. But her her main uh, her main four years first four years were in Princeton. So should we, Anyhow, should we attack? She, uh, oh, hold on, should we attack her for getting an education from Princeton? No, of course okay. not. Okay, good. Uh, you're talking you're talking about waste of money. Her food program that she instigated in the in the public schools uh, reported in Los Angeles every week for a year. They threw away a hundred thousand dollars worth of the food program that she instituted because of the food being uh, lousy and. Uh, so a hundred thousand—that's five million, I guess, for one year. So you don't think her food program uh, helped kids and and helped obesity, and you don't think it helped any children? You don't think anything that she the, the Los Angeles School Department and uh, the and the governor at the time didn't think so. They threw the food away. Who do you think is more of an accomplished and, person, Michelle Obama or Melania Trump? Uh, I'm I'm not in the I'm not in the. Uh, judging class of you're who's not in, more who's, you're, you're not in the judging who's, class who's more you're not who's in the, more this or who's more you're, that you're not in the judging but class melania was M- melania was known for trying to help children and helping military families and how did she that do was that? her main thrust how did she do that what did she do how did she do that what she were her initiatives behind the scenes it wasn't uh, it wasn't really publicized she, that didn't much. ask you if she was behind the scenes if you're making the claim that she helped those people then i'm telling you what did she do what initiatives did she pass because if you want to talk she, about uh, she Go ahead. She she can't pass any initiatives. Uh, what she tried to do was help ch- uh, young children stabilize their home lives and uh, have a better uh, a better upbringing, and then help military people that were that? in distress with housing and food. What did she do? How did she do it? Behind the scenes isn't really. I, she advocated I for it. I don't know how she you did it. You don't know how she did it. You don't okay. know how she did it. No, because she I, didn't. I, I, I don't know how she did it because she didn't do it. I can give you a number of things that Michelle Obama actually did to help people. In you, fact, you, 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 you make you make ten statements about her that you have no proof of any of things that you said. Actually, uh, I do. You know? Actually, 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 I do. Uh, she helped launch the Let's Move campaign. Actually, I do. That's that's a fact. She also addressed childhood obesity and past initiatives in the school systems in many parts of this country to help 
serve healthier food to students. And my, my explanation isn't like yours, where I would say, well, she just did stuff behind the scenes. No, I actually have facts to back up my opinions. She also joined forces with service members to the Reach Higher initiative, which clearly you are ignorant to as well. And she volunteered at soup kitchens and homeless shelters. And she didn't do it behind the scenes like your Melania Trump. She did it in the public so everybody could see it, J.D., well, that's, I guess, a photo op, right? No, it's not a photo op, but that's something that you would say. And then when Donald Trump holds a Bible upside down, you'll never call into a radio show and call that a, a, a photo op. But then when I give you a bunch of facts on the things she did, you say photo op. And then when you uh, defend Melania Trump, you couldn't name anything she did. And your only answer is, oh, well, she did it behind the scenes because you're biased, J.D. You're biased. And Brian, you're middle of the road, correct? You're you're why not don't you, biased against why don't anybody. You, why don't you, I'm biased against idiots that call into this radio show that don't know what they're talking about. Don't defend something when you don't know what you're talking about. I just gave you a, a list of things that Michelle Obama did. If you don't so, like her, so that's you, fine. So, so you think. No, not so. No, no, I'm not just saying it. Look it up, moron. Look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. Do you even know what the let's do? You, you no, no, no. Do you even pot him down? Pot him down. Don't you tell me about how you don't like calling people names when you defended the orange turd and voted for him twice, you hypocrite. Look up the Let's Move campaign. I'm not making that up. Go ahead and look it up. Look up what she did in the homeless shelters and the soup kitchens. When I look up Melania Trump, you know what I look up? And you know what I see? She bought some new rugs on taxpayer dollars. That's what she did. She had some new tennis courts in the White House. I know what I'm talking about, and you don't because you're a biased MAGA. And don't give me this nonsense about, oh, my God, Brian called me a name. Snowflake, Brian called me a name. You defended the insulter-in-chief, and you would still vote for him today over Joe Biden because you're a right-wing hypocrite, J.D. You're a right-wing hypocrite. That's what you are. Everything. But you're out there throwing firebombs at everybody that disagrees. Can't you have a civil conversation? I've tried to have a civil conversation with you and you bring up stuff about Melania Trump. And then when I ask you for facts, you say, oh, she did it behind the scenes. And then when I actually bring up facts about Michelle Obama and her initiatives and what she actually did. Oh, well, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. No, it's not. It's a fact. You could look it up. You don't come out. Don't, ha- don't have a heart attack, man. Calm down. No, I'm not going to calm down. I'm passionate. I call out idiots like you. You're an idiot. And you're and you're. Thank you. Have a nice day, MAGA. Have a nice day, MAGA. I destroy you once again with facts. You buffoon, you. You right wing buffoon, J.D. That's a typical MAGA Republican. He claims that Melania Trump did all these wonderful things for kids. And then I say, what initiatives? What did she do? Oh, well, you didn't hear about it because she did it behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. And then I actually name you the initiatives and what Michelle Obama was responsible for. And JD's response is, oh, it must have been just a photo op. I'll tell you why he does that, because I believe JD is not only biased, but I believe he's a racist. God forbid a powerful black woman does some wonderful things to help the community and help kids. And JD's first statement is, oh, it must've been a photo op. But then when the orange turd holds a Bible upside down, you won't him, won't hear him calling into radio shows, calling that a photo op, right? That wasn't a photo op, but Michelle Obama doing some real things to help the American people and help children when it comes to obesity and real initiatives that she put forth and put in place, real initiatives. J.D.'s first response isn't, wow, that's that's great that she did that. I'm sure it helped a lot of kids. No. J.D.'s first response is, must have been a photo op. But if I told him Melania Trump did those things, he would support her 
head over heels, ladies and gentlemen, head over heels. What a biased buffoon that guy is. And yes, I do think he's a racist. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Dave. Dave, what's going on, man? Uh-oh, uh, Dave Dave couldn't hold on. Dave didn't have the courage, just like Mike Pence. Dave couldn't hold on. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. 702-221-7283 is the number to call if you want to be uh, a part of the conversation. Um, listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's okay to disagree with people. I do it on this show every day. Every day I do it on this show. I don't mind disagreeing with people. I like having a good spirited debate. But if you're not going to have facts to back up your opinions, then don't bother calling in because I will destroy you. 702-221-7283. Let's go to Carl. Carl is next on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Carl? Yeah, hey, bye. Uh, listen, as far as, well, J.D., I hate following him, but I guess I have to. Uh, of course, he comes in a good time of the year because I consider him one of the biggest turkeys. So <laughs> he's perfect for this time of the year. Anyway. Am I wrong, uh, Carl? I mean, am I wrong when a guy calls into this show and he wants to make the case that Melania Trump did all these wonderful things to help kids? And my response to him was, okay. Let's have that discussion. Enlighten me. Where's your evidence? And his only proof was no proof. And he said, well, she did it all behind the scenes. Does he actually think that no. I can have a conversation with somebody like that? I just, well, gave him a list of, not. I just gave him a list of things that Michelle Obama did in her lifetime. Yeah. Right? Well, obviously, you missed one thing, though, that he didn't bring up. Melania Trump did do something very good for the White House. She bought uh, 30 new dresses to wear in the White House. And I, I thought that was a very nice thing. So, I mean... <laughs> You should have mentioned that. She did replace. You, you should she, have she was taking pictures of rugs during the January 6th insurrection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's important, too. Yeah. No, but, well, uh, hey, listen, don't yeah. forget about the chandeliers and the tennis courts and the rose garden. Don't forget about all the refurbished chairs and elevators. I mean, boy, Melania yeah. did a great service to the American people uh, for doing all those. Wonderful right. things. By the way, that wasn't behind the scenes. That's actually public knowledge. If, yeah. yeah, yeah. He made a nice. She made a nice house out of it. Right, exactly. It was a dump before. It was a dump before. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she wouldn't yeah. even she wouldn't even go into the White House. She wouldn't sit on the same toilet that Michelle Obama sat on. Uh, something tells me JD wouldn't want to sit on the same toilet either. So uh, she waited until they replaced the toilet before she went into the White House. That says all you need to know about Melania Trump. What a patriot. That's true. Yeah, That's what, true. what a patriot. Uh, she should flush her husband down the toilet. That's what she should do. Yeah, I'll be real quick. The reason I called is... Uh, uh, the thing that scares me about Trump nowadays is if you listen to him, really, he takes the same language as any dictator did back uh, in the World War II days or whatever. He tries to dehumanize human beings by calling them vermin. Yeah. That was the same word that Hitler used when describing Jews. We must get the vermin yeah. out of our country and, and destroy them yeah let me tell and, you something uh, carl, carl that that language is not a coincidence i'm i'm, do I'm done with people defending donald trump uh, that type of language that he uses that these evil murderous dictators used back in the day is not an accident because i do believe donald trump is a wannabe evil dictator i really do well well he listens to these people yeah no you're he, right. uh, he never he never uh met a dictator he didn't like yeah as far as i know or or heard one, and uh, him and Putin, for example, 
are completely in bed together. Carl, I mean, you're not they gonna, always have been. You're not going to get an argument from me. I, you've never heard Donald Trump say anything negative about Vladimir Putin. Oh, by the way, it was Joe Biden that called him an evil, murderous dictator. Uh, Donald Trump, all he does is wear the Vladimir Putin knee pads. I don't know what Putin has on Trump. Carl, I got to get to the next call, my friend. Okay, Always good, good to hear from Take you, care. Carl. I appreciate it. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Again, 702-221-7283. Let's go to John. John is next on Push... Sean, I'm sorry. Sean is next on Pushing the Limits. Hello, Sean. Hey, how you doing? What's up, Sean? Oh, you forgot about one thing about Melania Trump. What's up? Whenever she took that trip to Africa, she said, I wish people would focus on what I do and not what I will. But what did she do? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm struggling to answer that myself. Besides new rugs in the White House, I don't know. You tell me. You tell me, Sean. And they slipping in a landslide. Yeah, well... All the co-conspirators? Yeah, no, you're right. There are a lot of co-conspirators out there that are going to be testifying against Donald Trump. Uh, I struggle to find anything substantive that Melania Trump did when she was in the White House. I I can't think of one real great thing that she did. Even when she took the time one day to go visit children at the border, she wore this jacket and made it about herself because she knew it would be a controversy when she said, I don't care, do you? Do you remember that jacket she wore? That stupid jacket? Even even when yeah. she, even when she, so even when she decided to do the right thing and go visit children and talk to kids, she still made it about herself. You know, like what first lady would do that? Like all these first ladies, even with their politics that some of them I disagree with, the Laura Bush you know, of the world or Hillary Clinton or whoever, when they decided to talk to children, they didn't make it about themselves. You know, Melania Trump did. She couldn't help herself. Yeah. She no. from my mom. Yeah. Big husband. All right. Last question. If you, if you uh, had the opportunity to be in the same room as Melania Trump and Donald Trump, what would you say to them? PG 13 though. You can't swear on the air. Wow. Yeah. I learned to the American people. That's a good question. You know what I you know what I think the real answer is? Because all I care about they all all they care about is themselves and they don't care about people like you and they don't care about people like me. That's the real answer. Now they wouldn't say that. They would say you're the liar. But the bottom line, Sean, is that they don't care about you and me. They have no empathy. All they care about is getting uh, Trump cares about is getting back in power so he can pardon himself. He only cares about himself and nobody else. He's not even helping those people that are co-conspirators and that's why some of them are testifying against him. No lies detected. That's right. Hey, Sean, good to hear from you, my friend. I appreciate the phone call. Okay, brother? Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Seven, uh, Sean, my friend Sean there is right. 702-221-7283. That would be a good question, right? That would be a good question to ask, wouldn't it? Mr. President, why do you lie so much? Why are you such a liar? Donald Trump knows he didn't win the 2020 election, but he's mentally ill. He's sick. He's an egomaniac. He's a nut. He's a nut. Can we play this audio again of this uh, college basketball coach? I'm sorry. I just I have to play this one more time because it's so mesmerizing to me. The college basketball coach, Kem Mulkey, who is the LSU head women's basketball coach. She has some sort of cold, maybe COVID. I don't know. And here's what she had to say at a press conference about COVID. Have a listen to this. I ain't a sissy. I don't have allergies. I got some kind of cold. It might be COVID, but I ain't tested. <laughs> no, right it's it might be COVID, but I ain't tested. I ain't testing for that COVID. Ha ha. 
This is a woman who is supposed to be a leader of a bunch of young women. This is somebody who's the head basketball coach for the national championship LSU women's basketball team. And she's making a joke about COVID. She should be fired for those statements. Now, they won't fire her. She should be fired for those statements. If you don't want to take a COVID test, fine. So be it. But to make a joke about it, and I know what she's doing, like what so many of these MAGA Republicans do, they make jokes about COVID. She's despicable. Absolutely despicable. By the way, your star players flunking out of school. You can't even, you can't even uh, talk about that in front of the media because it's so damn embarrassing. Can't even get a bunch of C minuses in college courses when you're a star player for LSU. You got to be uh, a special level of stupid. But you don't want to talk about that. Yeah, what a great leader you are. Who cares about the national championships you win when you're a clown? Boy, I wish I could go to one of her press conferences. For the time being, I wish I covered LSU women's basketball. Because I'll tell you right now, if a coach in Las Vegas made stupid statements like that and joked about COVID and joked about taking a COVID test, I'd be the first one right in front of them to challenge them on it. And how no members of the media challenged that and how no members of the media asked her a follow-up to that is disgraceful on their part too. What a disgrace. The LSU athletic department, you're a disgrace if you don't suspend her for those statements. Somebody's cold and there's got a cold and they're sick and they're coughing and sneezing everywhere, but they refuse to take a COVID test and they make a joke about it. Ha ha ha. I ain't taking that COVID test. Ha ha ha. What a dumb woman. What a dumb, despicable woman. You call yourself a leader. Yeah. What a leader you are. It's ridiculous. These LSU women's basketball players, the one I'm speaking of, who is not with the team, but they won't say why. We all know why, because she's a dope. That's why she can't even pass a course in college. As a star athlete, if you can't get C's in college courses, you're not very bright. The stupid, uh, the one who did this, nobody knew who she was a year ago, but uh, she does this and she scores 15 points. All of a sudden, she's a superstar. Uh. Maybe we should do this to her when we get a report card. What's her name again? I forgot her name. What's her name? That chick? I forgot her name. Angel. Yeah, Angel. Here's what we should do, Angel. When you get your uh, test results back, not from COVID or STDs, that's not what I'm talking about. When you get your actual exam test results back and you get your grades back, I think the teacher should hand you your F. Here you go. Here you go. Here's your D minus. Stupid idiot. Stupid idiot. Face the music, get in front of the press and say, I screwed up. I failed to pass my classes because I'm more worried about my OnlyFans account or I'm more worried about me posing half naked. That's more important to me than winning basketball games. By the way, they came to Vegas a few weeks ago. They were the number one team in the country and they got drilled. They lost. You'd be famous on social media for doing something stupid like that. People should be outing her on social media for being a poor role model to young girls. Forget about the poor sportsmanship. Listen, I don't mind people trash talking during a game. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with doing it after the game and a week after the game and a month after the game and a year after the game. The game's over. Trash talking over. New season. You failed. (laughs) Period. You failed. Stop failing all your classes and why don't you get a C in one of your classes, you dope. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to switch topics. We're going to talk a little A's baseball. The Oakland A's, soon to be the Las Vegas A's, and the president of the organization, 
Dave Cobble will be joining us next. Take a break. Be back right after this. It's Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Steiner, the Nevada style pub invites you to play the best tavern, keto, and video poker in Vegas. Promos are how we roll, so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's pub has, it's the 24 awesome rotating draft beers. Vegas is best appetizers to match. So join us in supporting your Las Vegas aviators, Golden Knights, Lights, Aces, and the Raiders, as we make history in Vegas. Steiner, the Nevada style pub at 8410 West Cheyenne, 1750 North Buffalo, and Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill. Steiner's, I love this place. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, speaking of sports, I mean, we're turning into the sports capital of the world. Let's just let's just call it for what we are now. The F1 was just here. The Raiders are one of the most profitable teams in the NFL. The Aces are back-to-back WNBA champions. UNLV football is, is a, I, I think they're a top 25 team in the country. They have a chance to win their 10th game 
this weekend. This is an exciting time to be a Las Vegas sports fan. And oh yeah, the Oakland A's are moving to Las Vegas. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? So what better person to talk about that than the man we have with us on the line right now? Uh, he is the president of the Oakland A's, soon to be the Las Vegas A's. Dave Cabell joining us right now. Dave, I appreciate you coming on with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you coming on for the first time here, Dave. And uh, this is a very exciting time, right? What was your first reaction when you heard the news that it was official, that you guys were going to be coming here? Uh, What was your first reaction? What went through your mind? I mean, it was just uh, pure excitement. You know, we worked so hard to, uh, you know, obviously work with the owners on the relocation vote and the elected officials in Nevada on SB1, the public-private partnership, and just all the different aspects from from all the old days, just, you know, hanging out with the Aviators guys, our AAA team, and seeing the success they've had, now to be bringing Major League Baseball and the A's to Las Vegas is just, just a thrilling moment. So, Dave, when was the first time that you said to yourself, okay, I think this actually might happen. This isn't just a pipe dream. I think we're actually going to be coming to Vegas. Like, when was the first time you actually thought that? I think when we got the legislation passed and uh, Governor Lombardo signed SB1 in the summer, that was really a seminal moment because, you know, it really uh, eliminated a lot of the risk on the project side, and it allowed us to put forward a plan to the other owners um, on coming to Las Vegas and the success that the other teams had had there kind of as a, as a benchmark. And so I think that was really a key moment. And so, I mean, obviously that was a couple months ago, but, you know, obviously getting the final approval of the owners sure. was a great day and one we're really, we want to build on, obviously, today and as, as we go into next year. So as you know, Dave, uh, when any professional franchise comes to a new city, there's always going to be people that are going to have concerns. Uh, let me let me raise a few of those to you, and I want to get your opinions on that. Let's start with the stadium. I mean, there's some people that would say that having the stadium right in the middle of the strip, there's a lot of positives there, right? It's good for casinos, uh, for tourism, and it'll probably be good for ticket sales. However, there are a lot of locals that say, oh, my God, the traffic jam. You're arguably in the biggest cross-section, the most popular cross-section in the country in Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard. What are your thoughts on that and what some of the naysayers say about the location of this new stadium being built? Well, we love the location because we think it can be a great balance, both for locals as well as tourists. Um, But it also means that we need to do a very good job of designing the ingress and egress. So fans, especially local fans, if you're coming from Henderson or North Las Vegas or Summerlin, can get in and out of the ballpark in the same way that you can get to T-Mobile and get in and out and see the Golden Knights. And so that's something that we're working very closely with our transportation engineers, with the county with all the relevant stakeholders to make sure that happens. And also listening to fans and community members so they can give us their point of view on that. That's going to be very important. Uh, I know you've probably been asked this question before, and you probably don't have an answer yet, but I have to ask it anyway. When do you guys think you're going to actually be playing Major League Baseball in Las Vegas? Do you have any ideas? Could it be Las Vegas ballpark? Or are you guys going to be playing in Oakland for the next several years? I would imagine you don't have a full-blown answer right now, but can you give us an idea of what you're thinking? Well, we know we're going to be playing in the new ballpark on the strip at the Tropicana site in 2028. Mm-hmm. And we also know that we're going to be playing in Oakland for one more year next season in 2024. So those three interim seasons are still up in the air. We're working with the league on that. There are a variety of options, both in Nevada and in California. And we hope to have um, an announcement on that uh, really as soon as possible because the schedule, an internal schedule to all the teams in the league goes out in January. So 
we're working on that every day. There were meetings today, this morning on that, and uh, we'll obviously update people. But, yes, it could be um, in Nevada. Obviously, there's options in California, like I said, and we're just working together with the league to figure out the timing of that. Understood. Is it fair to say that it is a possibility, possibility, that you could be playing at, say, a Las Vegas ballpark in 2025? Is that just a possibility? Not saying it's going to happen, but is that a possibility? It's something that's been discussed in the past. We've met with the Howard Hughes Corp. and Don Logan about that. It's one of many possibilities. Like I said before, the league is really taking the lead on the direction of where we're going to play in the interim years. And, you know, we'll take our, um, you know, cue from them in terms of gotcha. the exact location and how it works. And that's, that's really kind of the way, because it obviously affects all the different teams. You have the union involved. Right. It's a huge undertaking to kind of green light another venue. Um, and so that's just a big piece of the puzzle and something that, you know, we're working very hard on. Understood. If you're just joining us, he is Dave Cabell, the uh, Oakland A's president, soon to be the Las Vegas A's. Very exciting stuff. The Major League Baseball coming to Las Vegas. All right, Dave, let me ask you this question because I think it's it's a fair one. Uh, Vegas loves winning teams, right? I mean, you look at uh, obviously mm-hmm. the Raiders have been struggling a little bit, uh, but, they, you know, they've made some changes. The Aces, back-to-back WNBA champions. I, I just mentioned UNLV football and the success that uh, they're having, of course. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, it's really so, exciting to see that. Yeah, sure, great. no question. So let's talk about the A's. If there's a, I don't know if the word criticism is a fair word to describe it, but I've heard from some fans that they've criticized your organization for not spending money for a good baseball product. I would imagine you would disagree with that, but I want to get your take on that. What is your take when fans in Vegas would say, we want a team that's willing to spend a lot of money to put a good product on the field? What would be your response to that, Dave? Well, our response is that's why we're coming to Las Vegas, so we can have more resources to invest in the team, uh, more revenues, and ensure that we have a high-quality product. And that means not only developing young players, which we have a great track record of doing, um, and making sure they're signed a long-term contract, but also dabbling in the free agency market and bringing in names that people recognize when we launch in 2028. So I think you're going to see a departure from the way we previously had operated because of the constraints we had in Oakland. And that's one of the real exciting aspects of us coming to Vegas is that we're going to have more of those resources. We can invest them in the players, and we can hopefully – build on a winning tradition. You know, we're the third most winning team in Major League Baseball history, nine world championships. The last 20 years, I think only two teams have been in the playoffs more than the A's. So obviously recent history, the last two two years have been tough. You know, we've been kind of in a rebuilding zone. But if you look over 10 years, you know, the team is in the playoffs basically every other year, and, and we've been competing. And I think a new stadium in Las Vegas will be a great way to build on that and bring more championships to the region. Dave, I think you made a really good point there. There's a lot of players in Major League Baseball that wouldn't mind coming to Las Vegas. All due respect to Oakland, uh, when you're talking about Las Vegas, I think we would agree it's a whole different ball game. No, no question about that. Um, what have you heard from other uh, people all over the league, including other presidents of other organizations? I would imagine you talk with them regularly. Uh, what do they think about this move? What have they told you, if you can share that with us? Well, I think everyone's very excited about what Las Vegas could mean for baseball and Major League Baseball uh, to get a jolt of energy and excitement for the league. You know, this last year with the rule changes, we saw almost a 10% increase in attendance across the teams. Uh, The game times were reduced by almost 25 minutes. And I think the quality of the product went up. There was more base stealing, more action, more balls in play. And so I think when you couple that 
with kind of the entertainment factor that can come with having a team in Vegas that you've seen kind of with the Golden Knights and some of the other teams, I think it could be a, a kind of a, a recipe for a lot of the other teams in the league. And so I'm hopeful, and that they're, they're all hoping, that you know Vegas can be a really positive addition to the league, which I think it will be, and it'll actually have a positive impact on other teams as well. So, Dave, obviously the Yankees come to town, the Red Sox come to town, any of the, 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 the huge uh, markets come to town, it's going to be jam-packed in this new stadium. I, I have no doubt about that. But how do you get the locals to show up on a Tuesday afternoon to a, to a, to a game at 1 p.m.? What, what would be your strategy there? Well, I mean, I think we need to develop and cultivate a great local fan base, and I think you see that in things like UNLV and the Aviators and obviously the Golden Knights and the Raiders. And we have a lot of games, so we need to do everything we can, whether it's you know supporting little league groups or boys and girls clubs or just making sure we're a very strong community partner. And we're going to do that in advance before we even arrive with the team in, in 2028 sure. to ensure that people know that we're um, walking the walk and we're you know putting a positive foot forward in the community and they can see that this is the type of team and organization that they want to get behind and get sure. excited about and start meeting the players in a positive way. Sure. I want to ask you this because I don't like gossip. I'm sure you don't like it either. And I like to ask the source directly. Mark Davis has not always said positive things about your organization. I don't know why. Can you clear this up with us? Is that just a bunch of nonsense and gossip? Or is there any truth to the fact that, listen, your organization as a whole and the Raiders organization don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Can you comment on that at all? Well, we have a tremendous amount of respect for Mark and his team and what they've accomplished with the Legion Stadium and its impact both economically and also in terms of quality of life in uh, Southern Nevada. So we are, um, you know, here to learn from what they've done. Uh, and also, I think, you know, when we shared a facility, whatever, five, six, seven years ago, it was hard being co-tenants, and I think we could have done things better. Um, but we're looking at a positive future together in the marketplace, and we want to ensure that we do everything necessary to be a good neighbor and a good partner, for, both for the Raiders and all the other professional and, and amateur sports teams in the community. Sure, no doubt. Let's move forward to 2028, Dave. What is that going to look like? Opening day in Las Vegas. What do you aspire that to look like? And what do you think that day is going to be and, and mean for this community? I think it's going to be spectacular. I think it's going to be an amazing moment, not only for the A's in baseball, but also for Southern Nevada, celebrating a major league baseball team. America's pastime coming to Las Vegas. I really putting the final piece in place in terms of you know, making Las Vegas this like sports capital of the United States can't do it without a major league baseball team. And to be a part of that and to open that stadium right on the strip in an amazing location, um, I think it's going to be a great day. Yep. Last question, Dave. Uh, do you have any time frame on when you guys will be able to tell people here in Las Vegas when you guys will be playing baseball here? We know you're coming here in 2028, but is there any type of time frame where the league will tell you and you guys will meet with them and, okay, in 2025, we're going to be playing at this facility either in California or in Nevada? Is there a timetable for that? I think we would know a lot more by early March. You know, we're going to actually bring the team to uh, AV Las Vegas Ballpark where the Aviators play okay. uh, in early spring. Uh, it's going to be spring training series, and we're going to play there for two days. So I think by that, that's called Big League Weekend. Don Logan and his team do a great job promoting that. Um, so that that event, I think, would be a moment in time where you could see some of these key announcements being made 
And that's before you know it. Before you know it, it'll be March. So right. <laughs> I, I think it's not that far away right. for people to, to realize. We're in the hot stove period now where it's all about the rumors and the player transfers and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, before you know it, we're going to be in early March, and we're going to have a lot more information for people about that. Can't wait for that, Dave, and we'd love to have you on again down the road when you guys make that announcement. And I can't thank you enough for your time. Really excited for Major League Baseball coming to Las Vegas. And uh, appreciate what you do, and, and look forward to talking to you again, my friend. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go ahead. Appreciate it. All right. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dave Cavill, the Oakland A's president. I asked him questions that no other member of the media in Las Vegas is willing to ask. And to his credit, he he answered all of my questions. I asked him about what at times some people would characterize as a volatile relationship between the Raiders and the Oakland A's. He gave me the honest answer there. I asked him, how do you put local butts in the seats on a 1 p.m. in the middle of the week in an afternoon? He answered that. Um, I asked him about the location. Now, there are certain things that I disagree with him on, but I did ask him about the, the organization spending money. This organization, especially lately, has not spent a lot of money on a good baseball product, but he does make some very good points. You come to Las Vegas, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to want to play here. That's number one. And you would think uh, financially with the new stadium and they're going to be making some money that maybe they'd be willing to spend more money. You would hope that. Um, I still have my reservations. I still have my concerns. But, you know, take it for what it's worth. We got Major League Baseball coming to Las Vegas, which is which is pretty damn cool. Um, I don't like the location of the stadium. I think it's a really bad move for a lot of different reasons. It's good for the casinos, right? It's good for it, it might be good for ticket sales, but I I, I think long term it's going to be bad for ticket sales because I think a lot of locals are not going to want to come. I think the traffic is going to be r- insane. The construction just for the next four years is going to be insane. We already have the F1 stuff. So I'm not sure that the location of the stadium is a good idea. But with that being said, there's always going to be positives and negatives. I mean, I heard a lot of people complaining about T-Mobile Arena. I never had a problem with that arena. I thought it was a perfect location because it's behind the strip. You've got Frank Sinatra. Locals can get in and out of there. Fairly easy access. I thought T-Mobile Arena was was a really good location. Uh, as far as Allegiant Stadium goes, I never had a problem with it because it was off the strip and it was on the other side of Russell, right? There's so much space around the M and around that area, right? I don't know why they didn't decide to build the stadium there. I just think that would have been better for everybody, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not the one who makes those kinds of decisions, so, you know, uh, I don't know. What I can tell you is that I hope Dave Cavill is telling us the truth, and I believe he is when he says they're going to spend money because the uh, Vegas fans will not show up if this is a bad losing product. I mean, that's for pretty much anywhere in the country, and that's one of the reasons why they weren't getting crowds in Oakland. You know, you can talk about how lousy the stadium is there, and it is. It's a crappy stadium, but the bottom line is their product the last several years has not been very good. It's not a very good product. It's got to be better, and it's got to start now. And I think as Vegas fans, and they're going to be fans of the Las Vegas A's, you have to demand that this organization spends money. And it should start now. No excuses. I personally believe that the Oakland A's will not want to be in Oakland in the 2025 season. They got to play there next year, and the crowds are going to be terrible next year. But they don't want to stay there. In fact, I don't think they want to stay in California. I personally believe that Las Vegas ballpark 
the Oakland A's will be playing there in the 2025 season. That is my personal opinion. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, it is a beautiful ballpark. They can always add seats, which I think they will. Uh, you know, they're, the A's, uh, you know, were averaging, I think, less fans at one point than the Aviators were last year. So they're going to need more stands there. They're going to need to add about 5,000 more seats, which I think they will be able to do, by the way, with technology and everything else. I think they'll be able to do it. It is a beautiful ballpark. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And it's my opinion to say that I believe we'll see the Yankees and the Red Sox and all these teams playing regular season Major League Baseball teams in Las Vegas ballpark in Summerlin in the year 2025. I absolutely think that that is going to happen. Um, as far as the aviators go, I don't know. I'm just giving you my opinion on what I think is going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen. The A's might stay there for the uh, next several years. I don't know. I'm just giving you my educated guess that when a team already announces that they are going elsewhere and they're coming to Vegas, I think they want to get out of there as soon as possible. That would be my personal opinion. There's a reason why they're moving here. They don't want to be there anymore. You know, it's the same reason why the Raiders moved here. They don't want to be, they, they didn't want to be there anymore. And look at how the, the Raiders organization from a financial standpoint has flourished. It's no, it's no, um, secret that Mark Davis doesn't like the, the, the Oakland A's organization and both organizations don't see eye to eye, but that's going to have to change. They're going to have to make amends. I'm, wasn't there a rule that has like the majors and the triple A team have to be, Certain amount of miles yes, apart. Correct. So they would have to be playing, you know, d either move the organization completely, uh, or I think it's like or 40 I, miles, isn't it? Like 40 it's miles? It's something like that. I'm, yeah. Now I'm wondering if. So like, it couldn't be Cashman. We know that. That's I, out of the question. I'm wondering if like Major League Baseball can break that rule for them. I've also heard, you, you know, for I, that situation. I've heard, I've heard some people say Allegiant Stadium turn it into a base, which they could. Um, I don't know if they would. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here in the next year or so. Um, what I can tell you is that Vegas is going to be turning into the sports capital of the world. We already have the NFL. We already have the WNBA. The Vegas Golden Knights have been nothing but successful coming off of a Stanley Cup championship. Uh, I'm shocked that we don't have the NBA. It's only a matter of time. I would say a couple of years. It's going to be a couple of years before the NBA makes an announcement. We have the midseason NBA tournament, which is here December 7th and 9th. I can't wait for that. So it's a, it's a matter of time before we get the NBA. We're going to have every professional franchise here in town. But, you know, like I said, this is a very exciting time to be a, a Vegas sports fan. We have UNLV football. And by the way, coming up here in just a few minutes, uh, Jacob De Jesus who's a big part of this UNLV offense, uh, he's joining us. Why? Well, first of all, he's a great young man, and he's, he's, a, he's a great player. But UNLV has the opportunity to do something that they have never done in franchise history, and that is winning 10 games. I believe I'm right on that. I don't believe UNLV has ever won 10 games in the history of the program, and they have an opportunity to do that on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium at home, which is really cool. Um, they're going to be in a very good ball game. And if they beat San Jose State, they win the Mountain West Conference. They host the Mountain West Conference title game. I mean, this is uncharted territory for the UNLV football program. This is really exciting stuff. So that game is at noon against San Jose State on Saturday. Very, very cool stuff. We have another college basketball tournament in Vegas that I'm going to be going to today. I'm going to watch New Mexico play and Jamal Mashburn Jr. tonight. 
uh, some pretty good teams in this tournament in Henderson. Um, exciting stuff. 1984, they went 11 and two. Okay, so I stand corrected. It's been since 1984. Uh, a guy who played for UNLV, who is the general manager here, gave me some very bad information. He told me that they haven't never won 10, so I got to get him on that. But 1984, isn't that when Marquez played for around the time when he played? I for think that? so. Yeah, I got to talk to him about that. Uh, okay, so 1984 was the last time they went double digits in W's, uh, and now they have an opportunity to do it on Saturday, which is pretty uh, pretty cool stuff, man. Uh, as I was mentioning, uh, Arizona State comes to town tomorrow against BYU. Uh, some pretty good teams, Vanderbilt, uh, in a separate tournament tomorrow. I believe that's at the Michelob Ultra Arena tonight, uh, in Henderson. New Mexico's in town with a few other teams. Uh, we have a lot of college basketball. As I mentioned, we have the UNLV football game on Saturday. That's going to be a big game. And then, of course, on Sunday, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are in town playing the Las Vegas Raiders. So we got a lot going on. There's no time to relax here. We got a lot going on from a sports perspective in Las Vegas, not just this week, but pretty much every day. There's always something going on in this town. We just had the F1 over the weekend, and that was pretty cool as well. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, UNLV receiver himself, Jacob De Jesus, will be joining us. You're listening to Pushing to Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub? And you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs, at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat-panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road. Visit HyattPlace.com. At the Bagel Cafe, the recipe is simple, good food, and generous portions. Family-owned and operated since 1996, the Bagel Cafe is a unique restaurant where you can get anything your appetite desires, from a bagel and a schmear to piled high corned beef on homemade rye, fresh fruit platters and salads, or creamy New York cheesecake. Check them out at TheBagelCafeLV.com. The Bagel Cafe, where there's something delicious for everyone. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. 
mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada's ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. What a historic year thus far it's been for the UNLV football program, and it is far from over, ladies and gentlemen. Great win on the road against Air Force over the weekend and now this Saturday at home in the final game of the regular season they have an opportunity to do something they haven't done since 1984 and that's get to double digits for wins uh, which is uh, which would be 10 on Saturday they play San Jose State at noon and the guy we have with us right now joining us certainly a, a big part of it great receiver had 33 yards two receptions against Air Force he had four for 37 against Wyoming he's having a great year as is the team Jacob De Jesus joining us right now Jacob it's a pleasure to have you on again how are you I'm doing great man yeah it's a pleasure to be on here again man how do you contain your excitement? That's what I want to know. I mean, this is an unbelievable year you guys have had. I would imagine it must have been a really good feeling traveling back to Vegas after that big win against Air Force. Oh, man, it was an uh, amazing feeling, man, to take that top number one spot, man. And, uh, you know, just controlling our uh, excitement is all about just focusing on the next week and the next opponent. Uh, this is a very good San Jose State team that we're going to play. And, you know, that's what we're focusing on right now. We're not focusing on anything beyond this. We're focusing on being 1-0 this week and, you know, um, just, uh, yeah, really focusing on winning this game. Uh, that's what controls our excitement. But, you know, we are definitely very excited uh, for the things that we have going on, man. This is a great season that we're having, but, you know, we're still not done yet and we're still, you know, trying to fight for another win. I remember last time you came on the show, you answered the question very similarly when I asked you about trying to get that, you know, sixth win to get to a bowl game. And yeah. your re- your response was you were right on target. You said, listen, yeah, we want to get to a bowl game, right? But we have bigger, you know, goals, which is to win the conference. And now here we are, right? Uh, Jacob, here we are where you're one mm-hmm. game away from solidifying yourself as not only winning the Mountain West Conference, but a guarantee that it will be in Las Vegas and you'll be playing obviously either Air Force or Fresno. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the same approach, right? It's just one game, right? Yeah, exactly, man. That's what that's been the f- main focus since the beginning of the season, like you said, um, when we were back trying to get a spot for a bowl game. But like I said, that wasn't the main thing that we were chasing, man. Obviously, this un- this university, this organization hasn't been to a bowl game in, in a while. But, um, you know, when we knew when Coach Odom came and he told us that, you know, 
that's not what we're, we're about. We're not about chasing bowl games. We're, we're here to, you know, come win the conference. And that's what exactly that he's – the things that he's been saying, man, that's what's just been coming true, man. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, you know, he's a very good coach, man. And we're excited for everything that has, that's just been coming our way. Let's talk about that. Uh, maybe we're both a little biased here, but uh, the reality of the situation is this is a UNLV football program that hasn't been very good for a while. And then Coach Odom comes in here completely turns everything around. And listen, it's not all the credit to him. It's a credit to everybody, people like you, the players, his his staff as a whole. But with that being said, I've said this for the last several weeks, and I'm going to say it again. In my personal opinion, Coach Odom has to be a Coach of the Year national candidate. I would imagine you probably agree with that. Yes, definitely, 100%. He's, he's definitely my Coach of the Year, national Coach of the Year, because, man, he just – to see what he's done to this organization, how quickly he's turned it around. Like you said, you know, it's been a while since UNLV has had, a, you know, a very good, successful season, man. I think 1980-something was the 84. last time they yep. were 9-1. and one. So I mean, that's just a crazy statistic, man. And uh, Coach Odom, you know, is changing the culture, changing the uh, way people see UNLV football because, you know, we see that – we're doing things this year and it, and it turned around in just one year, just like that. So, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, coach Odom, man, uh, it, just like you said, it's not just a credit to him, but to all the other coaches staff and to all the sure. other, you know, players and things. But if you really think about it, he's in charge of bringing all those people in and, and bringing all those players in. So, yeah. you know, man, he's just a, a wonderful coach, man, and a wonderful yeah. person. There's a lot to, I agree with you. There's a lot to talk about with your defense and how physical this team is, but mm. let's talk about your job and the offense. You know, in years past, and I know you weren't here, but there was a lot of criticism for the offense and the play mm. calling. You weren't here. Coach Odom wasn't here. A lot of the players on this team now weren't here. When I yeah. watch you guys throughout the year, I can't even think of a moment where I say to myself, man, that wasn't a good play call. All right, geez, I think that was a bad decision. Listen, mm -hmm. not every play is made, right? Oh, you know, people make yeah. mistakes. I get that. But I just see the way you, uh, the way Coach Odom and his staff call football games in the game plan and how you mix up the run game with throwing the ball in the air. And I just mm -hmm. think it, it's a masterful thing to see. I just, I just think everybody gets involved in your offense, you being one of them. And I, I, I just love the way, I guess what I'm trying to say is I love the way your offense has been run this year, right? And I'm sure you would agree. Yes, definitely, man. Coach Marion is an offensive, an incredible offensive mind, man. You know, he's always in his office drawing up new plays, man, and uh, coming up with a scheme for each and every team that we play. You know, each week is very different. It's never the same. And so, you know, he always is, uh, you know, creating new plays, creating new concepts for, uh, you know, to beat these other teams. And, uh, you know, he just, like you said, he utilizes everybody. It's not just a one-man show mm -hmm. in this offense, man. There's so many people get in the game, so many people. The ball goes to, you know, so many different players. And uh, just like you said, he, he mixes in the run with the pass. And, and that's all that his offense is about. It's not one-sided. We're pretty balanced. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think uh, a lot of that has to do with Coach Marion and, and even Jaden, our, our yeah. quarterback, man. And so, you know, things are just looking really good offensively, man. And uh, that's all due to Coach Marion. Is it a little weird to see Doug Brumfeld out there as a receiver? I mean, what was that like seeing him out there for some plays, seeing Jaden at the quarterback position and where he belongs, of course, and, and, and seeing uh, Doug Brumfeld uh, in another role? What was that like for you? Oh, uh, it, it, it was funny to see him out there, man. But that's just uh, one of the things that Coach Marion has cooking up, man. You know, uh, those are the type of things that I was telling you about. He, he he's constantly coming up with new plays and and new theories and concepts that you know that we think uh, would 
help us win the game. And so, you know, that was just one of the, you know, plays that um, that Coach Mary had. He had a few uh, sets with Doug at receiver and stuff like that just to throw the defense right. off a little bit. <laughs> and even we have some sets where Jaden's at receiver. So, you know. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're switched. And so, yeah, sometimes – that's what Coach Marion does, man. He yep. just throws a little uh, curveball at the defense sometimes. I love that. All right, let's talk about San Jose State. Noon game on Saturday. Obviously, you guys aren't going to take them lightly. You haven't done that with anybody else this year. You're always prepared. With that being said, San Jose State with a nice win at home against Fresno State. We know that this team can play and they're capable, right? They're a decent football team. What are your thoughts on this team and what you guys need to do on Saturday? Um, you know, just like you said, they're a very good uh, San Jose State team this year. You know, I think uh, a lot of the losses that they that they took in the beginning of the season were to some very good teams, man. And, you know, so they're playing some good football right now. They're on a roll. Um, you know, just like you said, they defeated Fresno, man, which was a big uh, win for them. And, you know, they got the win over San Diego State this past weekend as well. So, you know, they're looking like a good team, but, you know, um, they look like also a high energetic team on special teams and stuff like that. But, you know, we're also feeling good about ourselves and our game plan that we have going on this week. You know, we know it's going to be a tough battle. You know, this is like you said, it's very for us, which we haven't lost at home yet. But, uh, you know, we know it's going to be a tough battle, tough grind to win this game. Yeah. But, you know, we're confident going in there. If there's one thing that you guys have been so good at not doing, it's not looking too far ahead, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. What will it mean to you and the team? What do you think the feeling will be like if you are able to get the W on Saturday and be the Mountain West Conference champions? I mean, what regular season champs, what, what would that mean to you and the team? And what do you think that'll be like if you can get the win? Well, man, each each win is important, man, but this one especially because it's senior night and it's also, you know, for, you know, the top spot to remain at number one uh, for the Mountain West Championship. It would be, you know, just an insane feeling because, you know, I feel like we had a lot of doubters in the beginning of the season that, you know, even still now, I feel like we still have a lot of doubters that we got to, uh, you know, get past. But um, it would just be an amazing feeling, just like I said, because all the doubters that's just been doubting us, in the beginning of the season, throughout the season, who are still doubting us now, man, just to uh, get the win and just to uh, prove all of our hard work has paid off. I, I don't know of anybody me personally that would doubt you guys now. I think you'd have to be crazy to doubt you guys with what the way you guys have been playing. Uh, but we want to get, obviously, uh, Jacob, as many people as possible in Allegiant Stadium on Saturday. I've been saying it all year. You guys deserve it. You're a really good football team. I believe you deserve to be a top 25 team in the country. No doubt about that. And I think, you know, you can take matters into your own hands, right? You know, uh, we all know for the most part, you're going to have three more games, right? You have the game on mm -hmm. Saturday. You're going to have yep. the conference championship game. You'd like to have it at home. And if you guys win on yep. Saturday, you can take that into your own hands. We'd love to have the game here. I'd love to watch it. Yeah. And and then you're going to be in a really good ball game. We're not going to be talking mm -hmm. about a six-win team that scratches their way into a bad ball game. You guys are going to yeah. be in a really good ball game, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the approach, right? You guys are going to have... Three games, three very important games coming up, and, and you can control your own destiny. Exactly, man. Exactly. That's what we've just been harping on this whole season, man, is controlling our own destiny, man, Do, uh, doing the things that we can control, man, and, you know, just focusing on being 1-0 each week, man. And just like you said, we have three big, very, very big games coming up. Coach Odom was just telling us uh, today, man, you know, 
this was one of our Tuesday practices, which was like one of our main practices that we really, you know, focus on is Tuesday. That's a big practice for us. And he was saying, man, we were guaranteed only three more Tuesdays, man. So, you know, just practice hard and just, you know, uh, really just enjoy the moment, man, mm-hmm. because, you know, this, things are going to move fast. But, yes, these games are very important for us, man. And uh, we, we would love to have a, le- a lot of people come out to the game, man. We need that. You know, I feel like uh, just like you said, man, the support um, that we have been getting, man, is, has been good, man. But it could be better from, you yes. know, as you see, we're winning games and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So. You're right. It could be better. And there's no excuses. It'd be one thing if you guys were like two and eight or something. Right. Then I'd say, hey, mm-hmm. you should still support your local team. But I understand if fans don't want to. There's no excuses. You guys are a yeah. really, really good product and exciting team to watch for people here that have the, the two, uh, Saturday at noon free. There's no excuse. Cover, you guys deserve it. The coaching staff deserve it. The players deserve it. You deserve it. Uh, everybody deserves it. So we hope we get as many people there as possible. Last question. Um, how was practice today? Because I know that uh, you guys already practiced earlier today, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Can you characterize? Because coach always talks about after a win, how great the practices were. The Tuesday practice, as you mentioned, the important one. How, how would you rate practice today? How did it go? I would say practice today was it was up there with eight, nine. I would say it was a nine today. Mm. You know, we had a lot of energy out there. Everybody was flying around fast. That's one of the things that uh, Coach Odom wants. Tuesday practice is supposed to be full speed, you know, physical. As long as we're still staying up, you know, he still wants it to be physical, uh, you know, practice because San Jose is a physical team. So, you know, right. we know how it's going to be in the game. So, you know, when we practice good, we, we, we the outcome in the game is usually, you know, good. So, Good. Yeah, that's it's mm-hmm. very important to have a good Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, Jacob, there'd be nothing more I'd rather do than have you on the show next week and call you guys the Mountain West Conference regular season champs. So go out there and kick some butt, man. We know you will. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. Uh, I know a lot of people that are going to be there, so we need a big crowd. And uh, Jacob, congratulations on the season thus far. I know there's a lot more work to be done, but uh, always appreciate it when you come on with us. And uh, appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a good one, man. Appreciate Appreciate it, it. Jacob. Good luck Saturday. That's Jacob De Jesus, everybody. Uh, Great young man. Wonderful family. Great player. So glad he transferred here. And it's certainly paying dividends, not just for him, but for the UNLV football program. He's a great young man, and, and he's another weapon. Jacob is another weapon that they have on offense, a really athletic kid that's quick. Uh, and I have no doubt he's going to have uh, some big plays on Saturday and some, some big receptions on Saturday. Um, you know, UNLV basketball lost to Florida State yesterday. As Kevin Kruger said, there's nothing embarrassing losing to Florida State. I believe UNLV basketball, they're going to get better, but um, I don't really have high expectations for the team. I'm sorry, I just don't. I watched San Diego State play here in Vegas. They're a good basketball team. They should be the best team in the Mountain West Conference. Uh, Boise State's better than UNLV. I mean, listen, we're a few weeks into the college basketball season barely now, right? You should have an idea of what you see on the court. And when I look at the UNLV basketball team, I see an average team. I see a team that's going to be fifth or sixth in the Mountain West Conference. I don't see a team that can beat Boise. I don't see a team that can beat San Diego State. I'm looking forward to watching New Mexico play tonight because it's interesting. I watched St. Mary's get destroyed in two games here in Vegas. They did not look good. And St. Mary's beat New Mexico by 20. So I want to watch New Mexico play tonight. I know they still have uh, Mashburn, Jamal Mashburn Jr., um, who's probably going to be the best offensive player in the conference this year. But 
Uh, I'm interested to watch New Mexico play because I want to, you know, look at them myself and say, can I see UNLV beating them once or twice this year? So they're going to be playing in Henderson tonight. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rick Bettino Jr. <laughs> it's so weird. Rick Bettino Jr. out there uh, and watch New Mexico play. That's the main reason why I'm going out there for the games today. I want to watch New Mexico play today and tomorrow. And then, of course, we have Bobby Hurley in town. Ooh, UNLV fans aren't too fond of him. Arizona State's going to be in town. Big game against uh, BYU at Michelob Ultra Arena on Thursday. So we have a plethora of college basketball over the next several days that I am definitely looking forward to. And, of course, the big UNLV football game on Saturday. The Raiders are not going to beat the Chiefs. Sorry, it's not going to happen. For all you people out there that say O'Connell's going to be better, um, I like O'Connell. He's going to get better. He's very young. I think the Raiders are playing a much better brand of football than they were playing a month ago. There's no question about that. I don't see them beating the Chiefs, especially after Travis Kelsey has one of the worst games of his career uh, yesterday. You'd have to think that Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, the, all these guys, they're not going to be dropping all the balls that they dropped yesterday. And I, I, I feel like the Raiders are going to be in a little bit of trouble this weekend. But uh, hey, that's why they play the games, right, ladies and gentlemen? So you can follow me on all forms of social media. I want to thank Dave Cavill, the uh, A's president, for joining us. Really good conversation with him, I thought. Uh, also, of course, I want to thank Jacob De Jesus, great young man, UNLV football receiver, wonderful year they're having. So I want to thank him for joining us uh, on the show as well. And I want to thank all of you, even those that I call buffoons, for calling into the show. <laughs> Without you, I wouldn't be here. So thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have uh, a fun time. Blake Wynn's going to be joining us tomorrow, I believe. I have to confirm that with him. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe Melania Trump will be ordering another toilet uh, for the White House, even though she's not there. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Appreciate the time. Thanks to Justin. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.